welcomes to Raising Deaf Kids. I want to take a quick detour from our normal kind of language learning strategies this week to give you some encouragement parent to parent. And I've been talking to a lot of parents lately who feel a lot of guilt about either late identifying their deaf and hard of hearing child or not giving their child enough language sooner. And I know this journey with hearing loss was probably not at all what you expected. And there have been a lot of challenges along the way. And I want to talk to you today about why you are feeling this guilt as a parent and what you can re do to release the guilt today so that you can parent your child with more clarity and more confidence. If you're ready to learn how to banish that guilt forever and continue forward on your hearing loss journey, then come with me and let's get started. Hey mama, welcome to Raising Deaf Kids. Do you want more ease in your daily life? Do you want to help your child learn language faster but have no idea where to start? Do you find yourself searching for how to learn sign language and best ways to practice speech goals? Hey, I'm Elaine. I'm a mom of three littles, two of whom are deaf. I remember when I received the hearing loss diagnosis for our child, there were so many decisions and information overload. I lacked clarity and confidence and yearned for ease and balance in our lives. It was then that I discovered strategies to support our kids' language development at home, and I even helped them learn language faster. I can't wait to share it all with you. So put down that to-do list, close out that ASL app for now, and let's get started. Hey, have you been thinking about starting a podcast? Maybe you've been listening to podcasts and thinking, this podcast, and thinking, hey, I can do that. So if you have been thinking of starting a podcast, then I have a treat for you. So my podcast coach, Stephanie Gass, is hosting a special live five-day challenge. I am not doing this podcasting thing on my own. I have a fantastic podcast coach who has helped me create a strategic and fun podcast that delivers all of this amazing content to my listeners twice a week. And because of Stephanie's programs, I've been able to quickly start and grow a podcast that aligns with the calling that God has put on my life. It's also fun, and it's 100% doable with three little kids running around at my feet all the time. <laughs> so I wanted to invite Steph to quickly you know, jump on here and to share a little bit about her five-day free boot camp and how you can sign up today. So go ahead and listen to Steph. She'll tell you how to sign up for this amazing free boot camp. And I will put the link to sign up in the show notes. All right, Steph, take it away. What's up, new friend? I'm Steph Gass. I know you just heard a little bit about me, but I wanted to personally come on and invite you to the Profitable Podcast Bootcamp. This is a five-day challenge, so to speak, for those of you who are interested in podcasting or who already have a podcast and you wanna know how a podcast works to grow an audience or make money online. I promise you it's so worth your time. And this one hour per day live challenge is gonna give you everything you need to know about why podcasting works, 
how to make money from a podcast, how to make sales really easy, and so much more. We're giving away swag, door prizes. We even have scholarships to my courses and programs valued at over $10,000. So we just wanted to come on and invite you to be part of this challenge. Head right now over to stephaniegass.com slash bootcamp. That's stephaniegass.com slash bootcamp and get registered right away. You'll get entered to win free swag. And the best part of all is you're gonna learn how podcasting can potentially be a way for you to truly grow, make an impact and income in an online business and allow you to have that freedom and that fruit of not feeling like you are tied to social media 24 seven or having to do a hundred different things to figure out a way to be successful for the kingdom of God. This is going to lay all of those pieces out for you in alignment with your faith. Again, stephaniegass.com slash bootcamp. Mom guilt is the worst or parent guilt is the worst, depending on who is listening to this podcast right now. And it gets all of us at some point, this guilty feeling as parents. And as moms specifically, we are in charge of most everything in the house day to day. And so much comes at us on a daily basis. And also people tend to have really strong opinions sometimes about how we run our house and the things that we do with our kids. There's no shortage of people telling us what we should be doing or what we should be doing different, you know, or that we should be putting even more stuff on our plates than we already have. But what really tugs at my heart is when moms have guilt for something that they don't even have any control over, like hearing loss in your child. And there are so many things that are truly like out of control in this situation. So today we're going to talk about what could be causing your guilt and how to banish that guilt for good so that you can parent with more confidence because who doesn't want to be more confident in their parenting, right? So I'm going to go over the first point, point number one, where you might be feeling guilty because you didn't catch your child's hearing loss earlier. So this may be applicable if you had a child who was late identified hearing loss. So, you know, maybe your child was not identified as having hearing loss until they were like two or three, or maybe they were even in school, like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, before you even realized that they had hearing loss. And I just want to go ahead and encourage you and say that it's okay. And there's nothing to feel guilty about at this point. And I want to let you know that there are so many reasons that hearing loss is missed in kids. And I think we feel guilty as parents because we think that it impacted our child in a negative way. So I know, especially as a mom, you know, we think that if we had just gotten you know, to the hearing loss sooner then our child might have better language skills than they do right now. You know, or if we had gotten to it sooner, then we would have even maybe able to, quote, fix it earlier, right? But the thing is, is you can't go back and change the past 
And you also can't predict what could have happened, but didn't actually happen. So I just want to let you know that it's not true that your child could have had better language skills. Maybe they could have, but as I talk about in episode 24, and I'll link that in the show notes, learning language depends on a lot of factors. You know, so it, it could be that, sure, maybe your child would have started learning a bit more language like sooner if you knew about the hearing loss earlier, but you know, there could be other factors that are like delaying your child's, you know, speech, if that is an issue for you or delaying your child's language. And it could not just have to do with hearing loss. So hearing loss could, you know, maybe not be the only factor. There's a lot of things to consider. So I would definitely go back and listen to episode number 24, where I talk about why your child is not talking or not like progressing in their speech, even if they're in speech therapy and what to do about it. You know, and you'll see that, you know, a lot of it also depends on the child and their readiness to learn language <laughs> and their ability to like sit and concentrate and like want to pay attention to language as well. So it's not just based on if they could hear earlier. Okay. But what I want you to do right now is I want you to really take a good look at your child and ask yourself, is your child thriving right now? Is your child happy right now? Are you able to communicate with your child now? Is your child able to communicate, you know, with their friends or at school or their, you know, teachers or the people that they need to communicate with? And do they seem like a happy kid? If the answers are yes to that, then you are already doing a great job. You have nothing to feel guilty about. There is no problem. And I want you to know <clears throat> that being sad about it is okay, right? It's okay to feel a little bit sad because, you know, you didn't know about this hearing loss earlier. But feeling guilt about something that has already happened in the past is actually holding you back from being able to progress. But what guilt does is it keeps you stuck in the past and unable to move forward. And what's important right now, and I, what I want you to focus on right now, is that you need to move forward and deal with the present moment. So we've got to, you know, what I say, like, bless and release. <laughs> bless and release the past. It happened. It was there. And we can't change it. Okay? But what we can do is what we can do today. But we still have the present moment, and we can still make things better, and we can still make things changes now. Okay, so I want you to stop dealing in the past. What could have been if I knew about my child's hearing loss sooner and start focusing on, okay, what can I do now to help my child today? Or what can I do now to help my child this week? So point number two, you might feel guilty because you think that you aren't practicing language enough or you aren't practicing those speech goals enough in the week. And, you know, maybe you feel like your child is not progressing in language as much as you would like, you know, or you think that you have to practice, you know, the language goals or the speech therapy goals more often in the week. And you think, oh, I'm not getting to it every day. So I'm not like doing good and getting the practice. And then this is going to, you know, hurt my child's ability to like acquire language and learn it in the future, right? The, the sinking snowballs, okay? 
ask me how I know because I've been there, which is why I'm talking to you about it now, right? The thoughts just keep snowballing and snowballing. Once you have them, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and more and more out of control. So <clears throat> what I want you to know is, you know, if you're talking to your child at all, then you're practicing language, okay? If you're talking to them, if you're reading to them, if you're having just like a conversation, even if it's just like, open the refrigerator, do you want this cheese? And they say yes or no. That is still practicing language, okay? And, you know, you think that you need a formal sit-down time to practice language and that the only way they're going to learn is if you, like, sit down and, like, practice these goals like you probably often do in speech therapy. And what I want you to know is that your kids are acquiring language through everything you say to them throughout the day and that you don't have to have a formal practice time. And often, if you try to sit down and have like a formal practice time, kids don't learn that way as well. Often kids like get bored and don't want to pay attention. So they're actually learning less language that way than, you know, if you incorporate it into your day. So what I want you to do, if this is, you know, something that you feel guilty about as far as the language learning, I want you to take out a sheet of paper I want you to track or write down exactly when you practice those language goals every day for a week. Like every time you practice, you know, any type of language goal, like write it down and even write down the time of day, right? Because that might help you later on create like more of a schedule or practice. Okay. <clears throat> and keep that up, you know, if you can, as much as possible for a week, writing that down. And then at the end of the week, go back and assess. I guarantee that when you write it down and you're actually aware of it, you will realize that you are practicing a lot more than you think you are. Once again, there are a lot of factors to kids learning language, right? And there may be other things going on that's making progress slow and that is like out of your control. And the thing is, is like as parents, we can't take on responsibility for something that is out of our control. What I also want you to do is assess what is in your control and what can you do and what isn't in your control. So in this situation, what is in your control is the amount of time that you're practicing, the amount of conversation that you're having with your child, the amount of reading that you're doing with the child, the reading strategies that you're doing, you know, while you're reading. So you're doing other things other than just reading the words like you're talking about the pictures and talking and asking questions about the story you know and you're having those conversations in the day with your child that is what is in your control right now what is not in your control in this situation is if your child is paying attention or not if your child is bored or not if your tired child is tired or not if your child is hungry and doesn't want to pay attention if your child is distracted and doesn't want to pay attention if your child's brain just takes longer to process the language and so they may not be producing the language as fast because their brain, you know, has to take it in and process it before they produce it. Okay, those are things that are not in your control, but they affect the rate at which your child may produce that language. Okay, so, you know, what I want to say is that there's really no reason to feel guilty about this and you know I guarantee if you're feeling guilty you probably are doing the right things <laughs> okay because you are like aware to some degree and what I'm saying is 
instead of feeling guilty, take that guilt out of the equation because, you know, like we talked about before, it's just keeping you stuck in the past and guilt is just keeping you in like a cycle of more guilt and more guilt and feeling bad. Okay. And you got to get out of that cycle. So instead of just feeling guilty that I'm not doing this or that, which causes you to feel more guilty and causes you to not take action, actually, then what I want you to do is just track your progress this week and just collect the data and then just adjust based on the data. Okay. So we are just tracking and adjusting based on what you're actually doing and not on what we think or feel that we're doing. And the last point, well, actually the third point, I think I have four points today. Okay. Number three, <laughs> point number three, you might feel guilty because you aren't teaching your child sign language or American sign language and are afraid that you are language depriving your child or depriving your child of language if they aren't learning sign language. So I say this with all of the love, sign language is having a big moment right now. And I think that is fantastic. I love seeing, you know, deaf creators, deaf adult creators, deaf king creators on the internet. I love people seeing people have more awareness of sign language and learning it and using it and trying to be more accommodating to people that use it. I think that's fantastic. Unfortunately, as just about everything that goes on on the internet and specifically on Instagram, a lot of misinformation is swirling around on the internet and on Instagram, and it's getting you to, you know, kind of feel guilty about what language strategies you're using for your child. So, you know, all of the things that swirl around Instagram are scaring you into taking on this mountain of learning a language that you may not be ready for and that your family actually may not need to focus on right now by telling you that you are depriving your child of language if they aren't learning sign language. And I just want to offer to you that that may probably not be true. I don't know, you know, like I'm <laughs> saying this now, I don't know every person who's listening. I don't know every person's situation. Right. But I know that if you're here listening to this podcast, you're doing something with your kid because you want to know about language strategies because that's what I talk about. And I know that you want to better yourself because that's why you're here and you want more information. So, you know, I bet that you are actually doing really great language strategies for your kids if you're listening to this or you're at least interested in knowing how to do it better. So <clears throat> what I don't agree with is creators trying to scare parents into saying if your language strategies for your child don't fit into this box that all quote deaf children need to be in this box then you're depriving your child of a language and that's just not true okay and having kids <clears throat> with cochlear implants and hearing aids also like muddies the waters a little bit when it comes to language strategies okay you know, because kids with cochlear implants and hearing aids, like, do have access to sound. And they do have access to hearing and learning spoken speech, more so than, like, a child who doesn't have any aids at all. And so, you know, with the inventions of these, which I have two kids with cochlear implants, so I'm for, you know, anything. 
at this point that a parent wants to do. I'm just saying that sign language may not need to be a priority for every single family. Okay. And this is where it really comes down to like, you know, one-on-one like coaching and support and what do you need for your actual family to communicate? So what I want to ask you, or what I want you to ask yourself is please just ask yourself a simple question. Ask yourself right now, can I communicate with your child? And if the answer is yes, you and, you know, your immediately family members in your home can successfully communicate with your child, then you are fine. You are not language depriving your child. Okay. You are doing what your child needs if you can communicate and guilt doesn't have a place here. Okay. So that's what I want you to know. And I want you to know that listening and spoken speech is not a bad thing. And I think a lot of like creators are unfortunately like making parents feel like it's a bad thing for your child to learn to like speak and listen. And it's not. Okay. It's, it's all really just neutral. It just depends on what works for your family and what your child needs to communicate. So if you can successfully communicate with your child, whether you're learning, you're using sign language, you're using sign language in English word order, which is like SimCom, whether you are using listening spoken speech or cued speech or a combination of all of it or assigned exact English, whatever. If you are successfully like communicating everyday things with your child and they can communicate that to you, then your child is not language deprived and you're doing a good job. And my last point is that you are afraid and you feel guilty about your child possibly not learning sign language because you have been told that your child can't be part of the deaf community and can't be accepted by the deaf community without learning sign language. And that is just not true. And I will tell you why is because the deaf community encompasses such a wide range of people and signing is not a prerequisite to be a part of the deaf community. Okay. You see a lot of the deaf community represented on like Instagram signing and that's fantastic. But I will have you know, I know a lot of deaf adults who are like hard of hearing who may use hearing aids themselves and they don't sign at all. They've never signed (laughs) and they don't even like feel the need to know how to sign. So are those people, those adults like not part of the deaf community because They wear hearing aids, they have hearing loss, but they can't sign. So what, they can't be accepted? I just, I don't believe that to be true. I believe the deaf community to, you know, be welcoming and to encompass a wide variety of people. I also want to say that this assumes that your child wants to be part of the deaf community and it's going to identify as part of the deaf community. Now, I want to say I'm all for, you know, exposing your child to sign language if you want to and exposing your child to different deaf adults and different hard of hearing adults because I do believe that deaf adults adults and hard of hearing adults you know understand um, a life that your child is having that you don't understand as a regular hearing parent okay so they can give you a lot of insight they can you know kind of like validate a lot of things that your kids are going through I think it's great for kids to see an example of other, you know, successful adults who are, you know, living their life, living their best life with like hearing loss. You know, all of that is fantastic. 
you know, and so giving your kids the support, you know, and being able to like see the deaf community if you want to. But what I want you to know is that depending on where your child is on the hearing loss spectrum, they may or may not as adults, like identify with the deaf community <laughs> and that's up to them, right? It's, it's up to your child as they become an adult, as they grow to tell you and decide what community they want to be a part of. You, you also, as a parent, cannot just tell your child what community they're supposed to be a part of, right? Outside of your home, which brings me to my next point on this is that your home community, meaning you and like siblings, your spouse, your immediate family, you are the most important community that your child has, and you are the first community that your child has, right? So I don't want you to feel guilty about, can they be a part of the deaf community? Because what's important is that they're part of your community. Your children have support. They have a community because they have you as a parent, and they have their siblings, and they have, you know, the other parents. And that's their community, and that's their most important community. And later, as adults, if they want to expand and be part of the deaf community, awesome. They can, and they don't have to know sign language to do that. You know, so what I'm saying is it's totally up to you, but you don't need to feel guilty about not taking on sign language right now because you think your child can't be part of a community that they may or may not even want to be a part of, right? So we can't feel guilty about something that has not even actually happened yet. You know, I just want to say, to kind of wrap this up, that guilt is an emotion that holds you in the past, right? So guilt keeps bringing up memories or things that are hurtful and keeps you in a repeating loop of living in the past. And you have to break out of this loop in order to move forward. And it is so important to be able to move forward with this because your child is moving forward. So whether you move forward or not, your child is moving forward, <laughs> And your child is learning and growing every day. And so are you as a parent. You're also learning and growing every day. And you're learning and growing in, you know, understanding hearing loss and like what that means for your child and for your family, right? So if, if you have some guilt around any of these things that we talked about today, I think it would be really important for you to acknowledge that you have the guilt and then bless and release it, truly. And you have to make a decision at some point to get out of the loop and to stop focusing on the past and what has happened and start focusing more on the present because that's what you can control, right? And you can 100% feel sad, like feel sad about anything, that's fine. But feeling guilty or bad because of things that are uh, out of your control just is not serving you anymore. And in 2024, I want that guilt out so that you can move forward and support your child in the best way that you can, you know, towards the future. So if you're having trouble shaking that guilt right now, then I want to invite you to come talk to us about it in the Raising Deaf Kids Facebook community, which is at facebook.com slash group slash Raising Deaf Kids. And I will put that in the show notes because I really, truly believe that parents are the best support of each other when it comes to raising kids with hearing loss. And inside of our group, you can find the support and encouragement that you need to shake that guilt off and to keep moving forward and keep supporting your kids. And look, we have all been in your shoes. I'm talking to you about the guilt because I had to shake it off too, right? I had guilt about, you know, not 
a lot of my guilt, you know, sometimes was around like, you know, I, if I didn't get to like a speech therapy goal that week, you know, or thinking that I wasn't giving my kids enough language, which I was, you know, and then I had to like come to terms, like stop doing that and get out of that guilt cycle to like keep moving forward. So that's why I'm talking to you about this today, because I've been exactly where you are and I'm just like two steps ahead of you. Right. And so literally in this group, we've all been in your shoes or someone is in your shoes right now. And we want to help you feel better and move forward with your child. So I hope this episode today calms your soul. And as parents, we want the absolute best for our kids. And unfortunately, kids and especially kids with hearing loss don't come with a handbook. Boy, wouldn't that be nice, right? (laughs) But I want you to know that simply by being here and listening to this podcast, you are doing a great job as a mom or as a parent. Because you are learning and trying to find better ways to help your kid. And I am so proud of your efforts. And I'm so glad that you're here. So I'll see you for the next episode on Thursday. Where I will chat with Joyce Kennedy. um, who Dr. Joyce Kennedy. Who um, has worked basically her whole career. um, Working in different ways with kids who are deaf and hard of hearing and their parents. And in this episode, we talk all about IEPs and school accommodations for deaf and hard of hearing kids. I know that you're curious about that. You always want to know about school accommodations. And Dr. Joyce Kennedy is here to give you all of that information on Thursday. So come back on Thursday and listen to this episode. Bring a pen and paper because she is fantastic. And it's definitely an episode that you do not want to miss. I'll see you on Thursday. Hey, Mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and subscribe to this podcast? I never want you to miss an episode and to be without valuable information to help you and your family. Also, please leave a quick written review for the show on Apple Podcasts. It lights me up to know this podcast is helping you. Now go check off the rest of your to-do so you can love on your family today. And I'll meet you here every Tuesday and Thursday for podcast episodes to support your whole family in language learning. Ciao, Mama.